Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Dawn of Dragons, Season 2, Episode 1, The Games. Boy, is that loud. The deep brown-haired girl said while sitting on the bar stool, peering to her left out the nearby window to the city outside. She could see down the wide cobblestone streets to the market square a good mile away. A huge crowd was gathering, watching some acrobats perform. <laughs> Aye, lassie, the crowd loves a good show, and the good lord of this land is always happy to provide it. The bartender grinned. The gap in his teeth where one of the ivory beads was missing was becoming more prominent as he spoke. Always? She questioned. Are there these challenges often? The bartender guffawed and shook his head. Nah, nay, nay, nay. I see what you're asking. He winked with a kind face. We're not like Troll or Bloodwood or Wolfen's Gladiator Pits. Our challenges aren't blood sports. We're civilized, you see. <laughs> they truly test skills and allow the cream to float to the top. Wouldn't like that flat ale, hey, Lamprey? <laughs> <laughs> the stout man at the table laughed with his two friends. And if you ever want one that tastes as good as the last one, you best shut your gob and then drink it, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> the room erupted and Jordan laughed. Jessica smiled. She was new to this town and was a bit apprehensive about the infantation in her pocket that brought her here. She was a priestess of the Maiden, a healer and defender of the faith. She had taken vows to stand up for good, no matter what any other power or law may dictate. Her order was known for kindness and, equally important, free will. While she pondered her purpose here, she almost didn't notice the door open up and a tall figure walk in with an otherworldly grace. Everyone stopped talking as his gentle footsteps tapped across the polished wooden floor right... Oh, my. ...next to her. A mead would do me well this day, Lamprey. His silky smooth voice poured out, but she already knew him. Um, Mr... Mr. Silvertongue, I... <laughs> he turned to her, his eyes pools of the deepest oceans. I'm a huge fan. He smiled. I do hope you're here for the games. Are you not? I... I am. He smiled. He downed the mead in a single gulp and stood up. I hope to see you at the stage then when I begin playing. Though... He tapped the paper in her hand and smiled. Today it appears I'm playing for you. Good luck. He stood and walked to the door, her eyes on him as he left, but everyone had their eyes on her. Oh, are you competing today, miss? 
The bartender smiled. Hey, you hear that, boys? We found a champion to root for. Hey! It was now well into the afternoon. Jessica walked closer to the raised circular stage used for an arena. The smell of the apple and mincemeat pies was sweet, drifting in the warm breeze from the vendors. The cinnamon, especially, she noted. She was getting hungry. But there was one last combat battle she was to attend. She'd already witnessed and tended her healing skills to a few of the battles. She was called upon in between rounds to tend to their relatively superficial wounds, to which she would smile. It was a reasonable way to show off her healing skills, after all. She was proud when she saw Lamprey applaud along with her new friends from the tavern, from their elevated platform directly above and behind her. <laughs> yes! Yes! They shut down early to come and give her support. Lamprey had said, Ah, ain't no one coming today anyway, but I don't know, the occasional sourpuss who couldn't stand a good time, I reckon. He was a tough man, but had a certain kindness about him. The jagged scars on his forearms told of tougher times than just running a tavern from the bar side. She could tell they were from someone else's blade, and many different ones at that. She prepared to see the next combatants come out. The crowd erupted in cheers, and she craned her neck to see over the lip of the stage. Soon a bald head appeared, followed by the stout, boulder-like body of a dwarf. His pudgy nose was broken several times in the past, and when he held his axe high, she could see gaps in his teeth, almost as wide as those missing. His matted braids from his beard shook to both sides like writhing snakes. The announcer broke in. A ruthless dwarven warrior like no other, his smell alone could kill an orc. Roar with Scottmere! She looked back at Lamprey, who was laughing, leaned over the rail to shout. <laughs> oh, you'll have your work cut out, whoever comes to fight that one, Jessica. <laughs> the crowd quieted down as she heard the soft clanking of the thick, heavy plate mail. He was tall by most standards, even from her position on the ground looking up. His armor was worn and tarnished to a dull tin color, almost black in spots. The armor hung close like a second skin on his entire body. A red cloak flowed over his shoulders and draped to the knee, covering the dirty, tattered cream muslin of the belted tunic. He was completely armored, except his black and gray-haired head. Unlike other armored combatants, he chose not to wear a helmet. A short beard hung from his chin. A strong jaw tensed as he looked out to the crowd with deep blue eyes, behind which held a secret she was sure. She looked back at Lamprey. He was staring with a face that was trying to place what stood before him intensely. Really? Well, he wouldn't tell us more than only his name, folks. Give a warm welcome to Keldor. Jessica joined the crowd in welcoming him with a cheer. She looked behind and saw her friends cheering as well, all except Lamprey. Her cheer slowly faded along with her wide smile slowly, as his face now trembled with the smile of recognition. He was standing straight, his hand in a bold fist across his heart in a soldier's salute. The 
battle had been called a draw, and both went in favor to the judges. She noted that they looked back to the duke who was standing applauding. Following the battle, she met both Scottmere and Keldor to tend to their wounds. Ouch! The dwarf winced as she brought the warm, soapy water to the grazed cut on his elbow. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just trying hurt? to... Hurt? The dwarf shook his dirty, bald head. Nay. The braids of his beard whipping to the side. Look what you've done. I'm clean now. He winked at My her. My beautiful mud is gone. <laughs> she smiled at the awkward joke. Not the cleanest or politest of company. He was at least kind and pleasant. You should be thanking the kind lady, friend. Kildor smiled, resting his mailed hands and leaning on the great sword turned down to the ground in front of him. He looked at her, his smile widening. And thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh. Skamir jumped up and walked to Kildor. Oh, that was fun. I, uh, I would have won, you know. <laughs> he laughed, smiling. For sure, brave Skatmir. Absolutely you would have. He turned to Jessica. The rogue challenge is next. Come, let's see what lies in store for them. Sounds good. Jessica said, looking behind her to see her friends cheering, but Lamprey was now gone. This is amazing! Skamir oh. shoved the pie into his mouth, mashing it partially on his face. Crumbs and globs of warm, sweet apple filling and crust falling and sticking to the hairs across his broad chest. Jessica's eyes were focused on eating the steak and kidney pie, wrapped in parchment without a mess. Mm. She hadn't eaten since the morning small breakfast of a few eggs at the inn, and she was feeling quite famished. It really is good. Mm. She responded as she hungrily mm. took a bite, while walking through the wide aisle between the stands. Keldor strode next to her with a leg of turkey in one hand and a crumpled cloth in the other, mopping the grease from his cheeks periodically. There. We should be able to see from that spot. Keldor pointed to a spot next to an elf in a long dark robe. A single tawny colored pauldron was attached to his right shoulder. Jessica walked in, first next to the elf, followed by Scottmere and Keldor. Whoa! Jessica clasped her mouth in surprise. The pauldron spun its feathered face toward her, revealing itself as an owl. The elf smiled at her. Hello. He smiled from one corner of his mouth at her. Uh, hello. Yeah, hey there. Scottmere chimed in, almost dancing with excitement. Uh, your owl looked real tasty. <laughs> the elf rolled his eyes as he sneered out. Go. The owl leapt from his shoulder to sail upward and above the stage. I am Jessica. She smiled. The elf composed himself. Yes, I saw you earlier. You did well with your healing arts. I am Bix. He bowed. Master of the arcane. Scottmere grunted. Uh, why you have an owl? Vix looked at him. You should have one, too. He leaned down slowly. With it, you can see what it sees. As he stood back up, Jessica asked, What, what does your owl see now? Vix looked at her with a smile. The same thing as you and I. Only... He looked at Scottmere. Higher. 
Scottmere glared at the joke as Vix laughed. <laughs> A hush fell across the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, a swashbuckler from the old world will now attempt to remove all the bells without ringing a single one. As he approaches the stage now, folks, being escorted by none other than Elias Silvertongue. Jessica smiled. The rogues must be very agile to perform these tests. Vic said under his breath to her. She smiled and nodded. She saw Silvertongue himself walk out with a young man, no more than twenty, she gathered. He had a short, dark beard and a burgundy tunic. Once a fine piece of clothing showed some harder wear of the road. Silvertongue placed a hand on his shoulder. Zorin, if you would, please. The young man nodded. All right, here we go. The crowd went deathly silent. Silently, he stepped across the tile floor. After a few steps, he paused as two guards each poured a bucket of gravel all over the tile. He proceeded again cautiously and still silent. He approached the six-foot-tall dummy. He methodically plucked a bell, muting the tongue with his thumb. As he slipped it into his tunic, he repeated this action for all ten bells and then held up his hands. The crowd erupted in cheers. Silvertongue walked out onto the stage. We only test the rogue, never compete. Rogues either are or they are not experts. Though, <laughs> if you ask one, they would all claim to be experts, provided you didn't wear a badge. Horns blasted from the Duke's platform above the stage. Silvertongue looked to the Duke, who was now standing revealing the red and gold velvet outfit, his arms outstretched. Citizens of Ellington and beloved visitors to our festival, time is short and a decision must now be made. I have seen enough. I have seen our champions. I've seen the strength one powerful fighter has both in the skills only a seasoned veteran could have. Also the raw power of unbridled rage. Step forward, both of you please, the warriors known as Keldor and Scotmere. Keldor and Scotmere smiled at each other as they stepped forward to the edge of the balcony. While they both fought, there was someone there to help and showed the love and care that only a true follower of the maiden could give. Please step forward, Jessica. Her head bowed. She stepped forward next to the grinning, gap-toothed Scottmere, who looked at her. Knew it would be you. A weaver of the arcane. Well, isn't this awkward? Vix breathed out from behind his stoic and proud face. Please step forward. Master Vix. Jessica knew the three of them were likely to win, but she hadn't seen the wizard's skill contest earlier in the day. She chuckled. Well, <laughs> we are all right here, aren't we? Yes, aren't we? Vix sighed. Finally, we have our rogue. Thank you, Zorin. The crowd cheered 
and the trumpets blasted. I must meet with our champions. If you please, Elias Silvertongue, would you begin the celebration? He walked away as the crowd began to dance. This way, please. Jessica and the others were gently ushered by two smiling guards to the Duke's keep on the other side of the grassy park, hosting the games. Uh, excuse me? Ahem. Well, I'm gonna ask anyway, Charles. And, and you can't stop me. Can, can I get your autograph, perchance? My wife will be so excited, I'm sure. Calm down, Robert. Oh, thank you. You, you were amazing. Absolutely amazing. The chamber was lined with dark, musky, smelling wood. The traces of a sweet pipe smoke still lingering on the walls. A small fire was in the stone hearth, surrounded by a sculpture depicting a knight bowing to a maiden on one side, and a similar maiden handing a rose a similar knight on the other side. Jessica smiled. The depiction of her faith was favorable. The followers of the knight were known to be locked in the good and just law, where her beloved maiden bowed to no one. Only powers of the good and righteous. Thank you for joining me. You are all strangers to each other here, but not to me. He smiled, cupping his hands gently around the goblet he cradled as he walked to the window. The light cascaded across his gentle face. A close-cut beard of dark black hung to his cheeks, framing the strong jaw and its dark kind eyes. This world is in peril. A dark force has risen under one known as Lord Pallas. Jessica noticed Zorin looked downward, almost guilty. The Duke continued. In the nearby nation of Darkovnia, one of the many barons is guarding a treasure of great, great power somewhere beneath his mansion. One that could give us the edge we need to defend Bells against the dark rising force. Seeking this lost treasure, we need you, brave four, to go. They all nodded but Jessica. She looked puzzled. Excuse me, Your Grace. There are five of us here before you. He smiled and nodded. He gracefully walked to her, placing a gentle hand. The glint of rubies danced across his knuckles and the beams of the dying sun from outside. We are aware... A familiar resonance rang out from beyond the open oak door. In walked Elias Silvertongue. Jessica, we wish to offer you a place here, aiding this city and its people by teaching them in the ways of the Maiden. She was shocked. I'm honored, but the existing temple, what about those who- Our temple honoring the gods has lain dormant since our civil war. 50 years ago. It is time to bring the people their faith back. Would you walk this path with me? He smiled and knelt before her. She also smiled and offered her hand. She looked at her new friends, looking for some sort of acknowledgement or approval. Keldor's eyes glinted with sincere happiness as he smiled. And Zoran smiled and simply shrugged. Vix nodded in stoic agreement. Scottmere grinned wide and unashamed. Sounds like a pretty good deal. Good luck. 
with your church. She nodded and smiled. It is decided then. Lady Jessica shall stay here to assist in our rebuilding of the faith. The rest of you will journey to Darkovnia. He paused and smiled. But first, gather the rest of your friends, Zorin. How did you know about... (laughs) There's not much I don't know within the walls of Ellington. You arrived with a certain squire in training named Benedict. I assume there are more to your group than just a righteous paladin to be and someone of your talents. (laughs) The Duke clapped his hands with a big smile. Good luck, my heroes. And may the knight and maiden watch you now. The Duke of Ellington is played by Michael J. Rigg of RiggStories.com. Jessica is played by Maddie Searle from the Prickwillow Papers. Elias Silvertongue is played by Scott C. Brown of the Two Bards, One Mike podcast. The second guard is played by Corbin Miller from the Podville podcast. This is Vix the Chaotic You Sniveling Fools. Voiced by Daniel Nichols of the Happy Go Lucky podcast. Got Me is played by Colton Jansen. Lamprey the Bartender is voiced by Matthew Bianchi. Joy the Barfly. Ellington Guard. Played by Benjamin Corley. And I am Mike Ashley, your narrator. Please help support our magnificent cast by following their projects in the show notes and telling a friend. This episode of Dawn of Dragons is sponsored by our patrons and by Brave Adventures, creators of printable paper miniatures, free online generators, and more. In February, their patrons will receive a set of eight female paper mini-adventurers for D&D and an e-book of Children of Anshar by K.J. Shadmond. But it doesn't stop there. In addition, one patron will also receive a plastic adventure kit by Table Clicks, featuring the iconic Brave Adventures artwork. They're supporting the Table Clicks Kickstarter next month, so be sure to find out more at tableclicks.com. This is goodbye for now, but stay tuned for episode two coming soon, and remember the oath. Copperheart is the story of a group of survivors waiting out a nuclear winter. This group includes the strongest civilians, brightest scientists, and boldest soldiers. The place is Area 51. What have you got? Another body? Ace Dr. Sun and Dr. Bostich. Pinbrook's acting under the assumption that what we recovered was some kind of alien spacecraft. And Can't just barge in here like this, Captain. Move! I will not let him hurt you again. Ever. Follow the investigation into what happened to Groom Lake 51 in this episodic adventure. New episodes every Sunday. You can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, most podcatchers, and at copperheart.libson.com. Don't move a muscle. It's Podville. The family-friendly variety show. I'm your host, Corbin. And I'm your hostess, Julie. Every other Friday, we and our four kids bring you a show packed with silly games, outrageous vintage ads, wild stories, and catchy original songs. Find us at podville.com. That's P-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com.
or subscribe wherever fine pods are casted. Are you ready for me to stop talking? Always. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more Or you epic. could tell him about the time I kicked Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him. Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. Now, Charlie, you and I have a deal. I'll be back for Christmas, which isn't that long from now. And you are going to make new friends and help Aunt Nani. You can't just leave me! Truly, I won't be gone long, and Aunt Nani needs your help. You don't need to keep saying it! Charlie, I know this makes you sad, and I know you're sad because you love me. Promise me you'll be helpful. Okay. I love you. The Happy Go Lucky Podcast, producers of Charlie Saves Christmas, bring you our next heartwarming adventure. Cassie and the Spectral Shade opens April 6th, 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike. Uh, huh. Yeah. Yep. Mike. Uh, uh, Mike. Oh, uh, uh, what? 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 What do you want, Cody? I, um, I, I don't know how to. I'm just gonna say this. Okay. I, uh, did Did you forget something? Forget something. Yeah. I, I don't forget things. You know this. Memory like an elephant. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Pachyderm like. Um. You, you're sure? Well, let me think here. Uh. Got that. Oh, yeah, we're running a special uh, this month on any new patrons. They get a free dice bag. I forgot to say that. Oh, really? You're giving out dice bags for new patrons? Yeah, yeah, oh, dice bags. That's awesome. That's really cool. No, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. That's a, that's a really cool thing. I mean, the dice bags are popular, so that's, that's neat. Um, but no, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't it. Oh. Are, are, you sh- uh, are you sure you're not forgetting something else? Let me think. I took my medicine today. I didn't... It's good. It's good. Yeah. Took out the trash yesterday. Good. Good. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not forgetting anything, Cody. I don't know what you're thinking. Anything having to do with, you know, the the show? The The show? No, I think the show's ready to go. I got everything recorded. Everything's in place. Uh, Ready to launch. Everything recorded? Yeah. Um, Yeah, Do you mind double-checking that? Sure, I could I could double check it, but for what? What, my what name, am I looking for? My name, Mike. You forgot my name. It's me. My name. You forgot. Oh, I, my credit. My name. Me. You know. I the, I, I would never forget you. I, so I I know it's in there, but you know, uh, I I know it's here, but okay. Just to play it safe, do you mind? Uh, just kind of. Why don't you just give me your credit right now? Uh, Sure, but you're sure it's there, right? Oh, I'm positive. Oh, I know okay. it's right okay. there. Okay. But you want me to do it anyway, just just in case. Just in case, yeah. Pachyderm, like. 
That's me. Like a pachyderm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the part of Zorin is played by Cody Miller. Thanks, man. No, no. Thank, thank you. Man. <laughs>